When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Elkanen. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Same story as every show this week. Earnings, obviously, right? Amazon, Twitter, uh, energy companies reporting this morning. Uh, we got some Apple news. Uh, we'll cover, unlike yesterday, we're trying to actually cover it. Uh, I'm serious this time as many of them as we can, and try our best not to get sidetracked. Our guest today, uh, Marcus Heitkotter, will be on at 8.35 from Rockwell Trading. Jason Rasnick will be on at 9. Uh, speaking of Marcus, if you want more videos from Marcus, you can always go to his YouTube channel. You can go to rockwelltrading.com slash Benzinga, which actually does redirect straight to his YouTube channel. So the link is up on the screen there. That goes right to his YouTube channel. See more stuff from him. Uh, guys, go ahead before I throw it to Joel. Smash that like button. Let's get to 1,000 likes today to end the week on a high note. Speaking of high notes, Joel, are we on a high note this morning in the S&Ps? Uh, the opposite here, Spencer. Good morning to everyone here on uh, this pre-Kentucky Derby day. Uh Straight down, straight down. We haven't even seen that closing print from last night of 4203.50. That's your all time closing high. 0150, that's your high. Traded as low as 75. A little bit of a trading range here. Test the bottom of the trading range. So big day for the market. A lot of red on the screen. We'll discuss that with Dennis when he comes on. Uh, crude, that's down a buck 88. We got to talk about some big oil earnings today. Uh, buck 67 at 63.34. Gold trying to make its mind up here near 1800. That's basically flat at 17.69. Silver clinging to 26. It's just down six cents at 26.02 and a half. And uh, Bitcoin. Down a couple thousand yesterday, up 1700 today. Tight little trading range here in the Bitcoin futures. We'll see how that's resolved over the weekend. That's up $1,725 at $54,735. Uh, Triple D, I guess we could call this kind of a, a funky Friday here. We yeah. just, uh, Amazon. It's yeah. all Amazon in the yeah. green. That's about yeah, it. America got Amazon. And you're like, what are you talking about? Amazon's trading up. This is just funky ETF effects lately, and this one was a weird one. Um, and uh, they keep changing the playbook here, but Amazon reports, the numbers were excellent. Um, stock rallied substantially, but if you watch just even right off the hop, Amazon rallies 150 points, and the SPY would not go green. And I'm like, how are they not bringing up? And the Qs wouldn't hardly go green, too. They tried a bet, and they went green for a bet, and then they just started rolling over. It's like... In the first minute, I was like, how are they not buying the SPY and the Qs? I'm like, oh, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to they're gonna have to buy that or they're going to start hammering the other stocks. And that's exactly what they did. They just started hammering the other stocks. Microsoft started getting hit. Google started getting hit. We have overnight news from Apple. 
And it's unbelievable the rotations that are happening within sectors here now sometimes too. So Amazon blows it away. Typically, you see a little sympathy move with the other stocks, none to be had. They do the exact opposite and they hammer them down and they just did not want the index to go green, um, which is very interesting. Uh, Spencer, why don't you give us that Amazon report here and I'll just give you my early observations and where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, they just completely blew it away. Uh, hardly a surprise, I, I guess I should say. Uh, EPS for Amazon last quarter, $15.79. That's earnings per share versus a $9.54 estimate. Sales of $1.8 billion versus $1.4 billion estimates. So they beat that number as well. Q2 sales guidance also above estimates. Amazon Web Services growth up 32% year over year versus a 22% growth estimate. Online uh, stores uh, sales above the estimates. Um, Prime streaming hours up 70% year over year. It was pretty much all good from Amazon. Love the report. Love the company. I'm not chasing the stock. Um, I own it. I own the stock, my long-term portfolio, so those shares will stay in the long-term investment, but I'm not adding to it here. One, they said nothing about the split. Um, Correct. Which, oh, no split. which, which it, surprisingly, you know, the stock has held up fairly well. I mean, it was a great report. I thought if they didn't announce the split, the stock could actually go down because I thought it had about 200 punts, 200 points of Gasparino fluff in there because obviously Gasparino was saying that they might announce a split. Um, obviously, the market wasn't you know that concerned about that. They just looked at these numbers and said, wow. You know, amazing company, amazing quarter. Um, it's a stock I do love in my long-term portfolio. I still eventually think it's going to 5000 But the concern for me with chasing App- Amazon today is Apple. Um, Apple blew it away, $90 billion stock buyback. Um, we were somewhat concerned in the pre-market that had given back half the gains. Well, it gave them all back. And now it's down more. We do have, you know, a headline driving Apple down here this morning, too, out of Europe. But um, it- it's a concerning tape right now. Um, and, and, you know, we've been talking about it for a couple of days here, not the spy because rotation has kept us higher, but just the fact that you're seeing a lot of the little growth momentum names, um, starting to get hit again. And, um, yesterday was a tough day for arc. If you look, it was a tough day for a lot of those stocks that have been bouncing back. Fubo had a rough day. Um, you can go just across the board space, had a red candle. I mean, it was, is that just a little pullback here and, you know, the bottoms are in or, is there still a lot of pain ahead for some of these high value, high flying 2000, you know, 2020 names uh, still to be determined. So we're at the crossroads here. We need to catch a bit on some of those growth names right away. And we also need to catch a bit on Apple um, because if the soft continues there, that could start to spill over and other stuff too. It's an ugly morning here for the market. Uh, boy, you covered a lot there. Uh, first things first on the Amazon, uh, that high, that, that that was just a crazy high that you had there. And boy, that that really looks like it's gonna hold up. 36, 67, 66. You know, they just bid it up and now it's coming down. What I think is really interesting about this chart is you had your all-time high um at 52 and a quarter, 35, 52 and a quarter. And that's where you're settling in right now. So I'm just gonna use that 3550 if it can hold there. You know, maybe rally up. I'm really very confident that uh, you're not going to see get anywhere near that pre-market high. Then I think if you lose this 35.50 here, you know, there could uh, be some more uh, profit taking in it. But just a blast holding in here, kind of what app? This is almost like the Apple chart from. It, the it's identical. I was just thinking the same thing, Joel. This is the Apple chart from yesterday morning. Yep. So if it follows Apple's script. It could be a rough day for Amazon in that way. So I'd be careful chasing it. I, I Unbelievable if you look at the pre-market chart of Apple yesterday. It was the same thing. We had leaked back about half of the gains. We opened. The stock opened yesterday. They tried to rally a little bit right off the hop, and then it just right petered out. Yeah, right it just petered straight down. And within an hour, it had given back all the gains. Yeah, just one last thing in Apple, and I know you're probably sick of hearing me talking about it, but just like 135, 135.50 area. I mean, that many tops, that many days. I mean, you still, I mean, yeah, trade it up higher in the pre market, but you still have to respect 
that many highs in the area. Now, maybe you regretted it when it traded 137 yesterday, but a lot of stock, a lot of, I mean, that to me, that's institutions. That's big money selling in the same area several days in a row. So we'll see what happens. Chip shortage, you seem to get everybody here now, right? I mean, the chips are down. and yeah, Ford got hit hard yesterday. Yeah, very Kramer, Kramer liked it last night on Fast Money or on Mad Money. Wow. I st- I'd still say I like Ford, um, but it's a concerning tape right now. I, like I said, I'd buy more if it went down here. It actually went straight down here. I did not <laughs> anticipate it going down that hard. I, I rarely add to winners. I rarely add to losers. I'm usually in or out. I'm still in Ford. Um, I do sell parts of the positions, but when I'm entering, entering I rarely, you know, add to that um so i don't know i kind of want to add to the ford but at the same time i'm just spooked on this market i'm continuing to be spooked and i know rotation is still helping us out and i know the spy is basically at all-time highs it It just feels like it's the calm before the storm i feel like there's so much stupid money out here just chasing ridiculous things and a lot of that money got caught, obviously, in some of these, you know, crazy names back from February. And some of these stocks have started coming back. But for the most part, a lot of them haven't. And I just, you know, the market keeps, the money keeps rotating around. Inflations, you're running rampant. I just tweeted out something about lumber prices um, yep. from uh, from uh, one of my friends, Jeff, there. Um, uh, on, you know, I, I'd say what the tweet was, if you wanted to show it, but I can just actually say it. But, you know, we're going on a bad tangent here with. Obviously, I just want to say um, one more inflation. thing. Then, yeah, yeah, then we could go to Twitter. And I was I was talking to Sean Udall yesterday, and I was talking. You know, I got you know X amount in the market, and then I got an X amount in real estate, and I got an X amount in cash. And you know what? I hate all of them. I <laughs> yeah. just you, you know, I, I just Is like that not the truth. I mean, I just wow, spot on. Yeah. I hate them all, and I I don't, uh-huh. and, you know. But it's like, you know, if I pull my money out of the market, then yeah. you know, what am I going to do your with inflation it? hedge? Right, and if I if I if I put take a lot of cash that I have and I put it into the market, then I'm I feel like I'm buying high. Yeah, you know, and the real the, you know the real estate is the real estate. Oh, well, the know, real estate's exploded too. Yeah, I can hold on forever, but it's like, but it's not it's not as liquid, you know. So it's just like it, it it's a it's a good feeling. When you look at, you know, your portfolio, but I don't think I've ever been like this, like, God dang, you know, just give me 5%, you know, just like, you know, but it's 5% it. enough because, uh, you know, and, and here's, yep. here's the tweet from Jeff, um, wood cost, this is from Canada, so it's Canadian costs, um, but wood cost to build a deck using a 2,400 board, we're uh, using 2,400 uh, board feet and 200 square feet. Uh, in April of 2020, before COVID started, it was $936. In April of 2021, it's $3,696. It is literally up almost four times, almost four times as much money just on lumber. But we know we've been looking at corn and we've been looking, you know, at, you know, I looked at a loaf of bread they had on CNBC the other day. A loaf of bread year over year is up 16%. Like, where in the hell are they getting this 2% number from? That's what I don't understand. Oil, I don't know. Uh, like, where are they getting this number from? You know, we got bread going up 16%. I mean, it's not all TVs going down. I mean, I don't understand <laughs> where they're even extracting this data from because it's so not realistic. I, I buy this, you know, protein bars. And um, it's been eight ninety nine for like the last couple of years. I went in the store because I never go in stores anymore. Same store that I bought off for years. You know what that box of protein bars is now? No. $11.99. We're up $8.99 to $11.99. I mean, $9 to $12. That's a 30% increase in the price. It didn't go $9.99, skip $9.99, skip $10.99, and go straight to $11.99. Like, what world are we in here? How in the hell are they still preaching that, you know, okay, what's well, transitory? Maybe it's temporary. That's their new word because they can't deny it now. So now they just say, oh, yeah, but it'll get better. We can still keep rates low. We can still keep printing money. So going back to your original point, Jules, I hate it all too. I'm sitting with a lot of cash because I'm somewhat nervous about these inflated prices and everything. I looked and tried to buy another piece of real estate um, on two weeks ago, and stuff's going like $200,000 over ask. I mean, and, and the ask price is like up 50% from where it was two or three years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, the real estate market's inflated. The stock market's inflated. Cash is trash because you're losing to inflation, but I'm scared to death <laughs> to just go and throw it all in the stocks right now. So... 
you know, but then I don't want to sell my stocks that I currently have because it's somewhat of an inflation hedge. You know, at least I've got exactly. my asset yep. prices rising. Same thing with real estate. You know, I've got a couple of properties, um, you know, and, and then I'm building the home, which I'm going to get absolutely hammered on that because it couldn't be building at a worse time. But I guess I have no choice. Um, it's just an environment that is like scary across all asset classes right now. So it's weird, man. All right, I'm bringing us back to, to, to the earnings. And actually, you know what? Since we already talked, we teased it. Let's talk about Apple here for a second. Uh, drink, if you've heard this headline before. Uh, the EU is charging Apple with some antitrust stuff. They say Apple abused its position in the music streaming app uh, space via their app store. Um, and so that was that overnight there. And... Uh, this is, of course, referring to the thirty percent cut that Amazon that that not Amazon that Apple takes on 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 everything, and e, the EU doesn't like it. So, if they wanted Spencer to hurt the stock, what? Sorry, Mitch, what were you saying? Spencer trying to get me drunk pre market, telling me yeah. to drink here because yeah. I'll drink to that one. <laughs> but if you wanted to hurt the stock price, and obviously I don't think they have intentions of that, you couldn't have timed this better. Because you have everybody <laughs> caught from yesterday who bought Apple on the breakout, Apple on the good earnings. Oh, yeah, this thing's going to rock to 150, 160 because this is just an awesome report. They got the $90 billion buyback. It completely reverses that, has a key reversal. And then you get hammered with a headline on top of it. So now you have everybody caught from yesterday. Lots of bag holders. I'm one of those bag holders, but I've been a bag holder. Well, I'm, it's not, I don't can call Hard it a bag holder. Data. I'm not a bag holder, but I'm one of those holders. Um, you know, that I've been an Apple for a decade. Um, I'm not selling my Apple shares, but I tell you right now, I wouldn't want to have a trade on long Apple uh, because I think you got a lot of people caught. So, you know, 130 is key. Does it bounce there first time? Maybe. But there's some people caught from yesterday, big time. So, you know, Jeremy Newsom, who is an excellent trader, um, you know, and obviously we have him on the show a lot of times. He looks for, you know, stuff where traders are caught. And I think if he was looking at the Apple chart right now, I think he'd be saying, yeah, we got some people caught from yesterday. So it actually looks like a good sell into rallies here. Um, I know you're down and you're getting hit on the headline here. I, I, I'd be concerned if I was long Apple short term. You had the you had the um, the event, right? You had the Apple event yeah, yeah. a week or so ago, and they pushed it into that. You had the earnings. They pushed it into that. Uh, I, I'm going to back off the 135, 135 and a half level because that's history. Now the, your focus has got to be 131. Uh, I've had this 50% retracement from the last earnings up here forever and a brother. It did get above there and it did exceed it, got right into this area. And plus you have three lows in this area. We haven't seen that yet in the pre-market. So if you're, you know, if you think this is another turn up, another run for 140, 145, Better hold 131 here, or else you're going to have some work to do to retrace. That was a pretty big move from 120 to 135 pretty quickly. So keep an eye on 131. Okay, so we just had Facebook and Google tell us how hot the digital advertising market is. Yeah. Uh, so expectations uh, for Twitter were uh, pretty high, mm-hmm. probably. I think that's fair fair assumption to make yeah. and even though like on, on a bottom line standpoint that uh, their earnings were fine for the last quarter somehow their uh <laughs> first off their user growth came in uh below estimate and uh their their revenue projection for q2 they kick up a billion dollars what's with this company came in below just... estimate. so i was looking into that because i didn't listen, listen to the call but i was going through the transcript and the very first question was basically the that very point was like hey, hey guys um you know Google and Facebook just blew it away why why didn't you uh, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 what they said was well you know a lot of the brands that advertise on Twitter uh you know uh, were advertised around certain events that either got pushed to later in the quarter or into Q2 uh like award shows or whatever also, you know, maybe they like slowed down from the Capitol riot in January. So that's what they said. They said that like delayed events and and or the Capitol riot is is the reason why why advertising on Twitter wasn't as hot as it seems to have been on uh, Google and Facebook in in in, in the first quarter. You still uh, on this, Joel? 
Yeah, I do. I do. And uh, boy, oh boy. I mean, I don't like to sell, but I I'm really getting sick of this one. I guess sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Spencer, I was talking about this thing on the on the late show yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the setup at 60 bucks and just, you know, you look at the revenue growth in that thing. First quarter it ever reported was a couple, like 200 million. Now they're at a billion. Look what Facebook's done. Look what Google's. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I, I long term, I, I just, they can't get it right. And, you know, maybe some uh, subscriptions or whatever. Yeah. But I tell you, when I look at, when I look at this on, on my phone, I mean, how many ads do I, I see for stuff I don't even use. It's just, I don't know. Just the price action here, it's trying to, it's holding here at 56.73. I mean, someone's been bringing in some stock here, but yeah. man, oh man, it, between 55 and 60 is thin. So I'm not going to go out on a limb here and say the pre market low is in by any stretch of imagination. Maybe hold out, maybe for 55 here. You had two lows in that area, but. Like, you know, I said, I'm, I'm sick of my stocks. I'm sick of my real estate. Also, I got gold, so I'm sick of gold. I'm sick of Twitter. You know, I'm sick of having this stock I've had. I think my cost basis is like 17 or something. Yeah, but you're in a full Got to get the hell rid of it. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Uh, a couple thoughts. I mean, one, it's, it has worked in the past to buy the dip on Twitter. So if you are doing that, I mean, it has worked in the past. My concerns and the reason I might not be buying the dip, I think I got down like that 45 to 50 area. That's where it had huge support before. I think I'd be wow. more inclined as opposed to 56. I don't know if yeah. it's going that low. I don't think it's going that low today. But there is some concerns. One, Gene Munster was not giving any love on Fast Money last night. And I listened to Gene in the long term, from the long term perspective, because Gene just gets it right. He's smart. He's not a fan. Um, and you know, what I, what I think too is, isn't this the environment where Twitter should have really been kicking butt and taking names because how does it get better? You know, it, it, it seems like the perfect environment for Twitter, really. I mean, we went through, you know, lots of things. People are sitting at home. Same thing with Pinterest. I mean, how is the environment that, That's another really, thing that I'm kicking how myself better? for. How, how did, how did I not some, after, after that, uh, Pinterest report, Yeah. how the hell did I stay in Twitter? I mean, I just don't see this environment getting better for these companies. I mean, if we are, unless we're, unless we get this second wave and the variations happen, we're going to be stuck in our homes forever. Um, you know, and I know in the U.S. it seems unfathomable because you guys are opening back up, but I mean, we're in lockdown in Ontario. Uh, I, I do believe we are going to get past COVID, and if you do believe that, I just don't see the environment getting better for Pinterest and getting better for Snapchat and getting better for Twitter. Um, well, Dennis, you're acting like Twitter didn't just go from 27 to 80. Exactly. So we it, oh, it had a no, huge no, pop, but I'm saying, what's the next driver to bring me back to 70 or 80? I don't care about the past performance. I make money on future performance. I wish I could make money <laughs> on past performance, but I make money on future performance. So I'm trying to project where the next, you know, you know, where, where this next move is coming from, from a fundamental basis. What's the driver? I mean, if the overall market and inflation just keeps coming all, you know, rising tide lifts all ships, but it doesn't seem like the easy place to be anymore. It seems like the easy money, like to your point, Spencer, was made from this move from 20 to 80. And it feels like now we're in like this post pandemic, some people going back to normal world and we're not just going to be sitting on our cell phones and doing the mindless scroll anymore <laughs> so i i just you know i think the more real world opportunities maybe so that's why i'm hesitant to just come in and buy the dip on twitter today i'll probably regret it because it seems like every time you buy the dip you make money but i don't know on this one i'm hesitant too I, all right I, what's I, going I, on uh, s&p sorry spence we're just creeping yeah. up a little bit here about 10 points off the pre-market low i mean what are your thoughts i, I maybe you should show that tweet from last night um you know an overall yeah. market here before we get to marcus here because i i just feel like we're replaying and, and people are giving me a lot of heat saying we're not in 1999 we're not in 2000 market valuations are reasonable they are on some stocks i don't doubt that there's a lot of cheap stocks out there there's still some stuff that's reasonably priced but there's a lot of stuff that's just you know still crazy prices and there's a lot of stocks that are still pre-revenue that are still you know I, I just wonder if we aren't you know in for this next wave of selling in the growth names and people don't want to hear that they want to hear that their palantir is going to come back to 40 and they want to hear that their fubo is going to come back to 50 and they want to hear that their space stock is going to come back to 60. 
But I just wonder if we're just not, or this, you know, we're not in the early innings, maybe. Well, I guess, you know, some stocks are down 50, 60%. So they're already down substantially. But I mean, if we just look back at history, you know, Ryan Dietrich always saying history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. It feels like we already had the bubble burst in February in a lot of these names. And now it's just like that slow little leak. You get these pops. And, you know, here's what I was looking at on the net, on Amazon. This is Amazon. Amazon obviously worked out. So maybe not the best example. Of it, but I just wanted to show that, you know, Amazon peaked right around that just after 2000, you know, when we started. It peaked a little bit before the market. Um, and when it bottomed two years later, the stock went from $110 to 5 So it went down 95%. This was the eventual winner. This was the one, but there is a like a plethora of stocks from nineteen ninety thousand. Yeah, like a, a lot of them didn't survive, and a lot of them, you know, didn't come back. You know, Microsoft took almost seventeen years to come back. Cisco never came back to its pricing. Intel never got back to where it was um, twenty years later. Now, I'm not saying on the Amazons and the Microsofts and the Googles that some some, some stocks are still trading reasonable prices here. So I'm not trying to say, oh yeah, Amazon's going to get killed. This is the better trip. But I'm just trying to say is everybody thinks back when the QQQs, you know, we hear about the tech bubble crash. It wasn't a crash. It was a slow leak for two years. And this is the chart. This was the Qs back in, you know, starting from the, the peak of, you know, where the, the top is, is March of 2000. And two years later, it took two years for us to go down. Just that slow, steady leak. But if you look what I've been talking about is you had the little bubble burst where you had the, the big fall, 120 to 80 in the first like month and a half. And then you had the, 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 the people saying, oh, it's going to come back. The buy the dippers come in. It's going to come back, going to come back. And it kept trying to grind higher for like four or five months. We tried to grind higher. We got back to 100 in the queues. And then reality set it and the leak just continued and continued and continued until obviously we bottomed down 81% on the overall NASDAQ two years later. I think some of the growth names could follow this trajectory. I'm not calling the overall market here because some of the market is actually reasonably valued. But some of those names, like, and you know the ones I'm talking about, like the Zooms, the Pelotons, the, you know, the, the, some of the stocks, like all, obviously some of these SPACs, I think a lot of them could fall substantially still. So I, I think, you know, we've had a nice rally in some of these names. And I still think, I've been saying that for the last few days, I think you use it to lighten up because... I don't think we're going back to those highs. And if this market starts to get ugly, it's going to be these stocks that lead us down. So I could be wrong. And maybe we're in 1996 and maybe we're just getting started on this party. And maybe inflation's just going to drive up all prices. That's why I never go all in on anything. But I don't, I have, I'm very underweighted those high valuation growth names now. And I you was want, You want to see a, a bad looking chart. Yeah, give me one. I want to see a good-looking chart too after, but just so but we know we still be downers. But Tesla. Well, well, this looks like Tesla, and like the Tesla chart's the same thing. You're right. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a valuation that's very very extreme. It's a stock that did not get back to the highs. It's a stock that you know Peter tried to rally. It looks very similar to that QQQ chart from from 2000. Yeah. You know, is it is it possible that Tesla could eventually be under 400 or under 300 or under 200? It could be. I mean, it was there last year. So it, it, if we do post split adjusted where Tesla was, you know, if you take, you know, the five for one, you know, and divide it by five, I mean, Tesla came from like a hundred bucks last year. Yeah. So exactly. I don't think it's given going back there, but is it reasonable to think that this could rechallenge the March lows? I think so. I think it could take those out, but I don't know. It, it all depends on, you know, a lot of other you know factors, you know, inflation, how much story gets hot again, but there's, a lot of people caught in a lot of stocks. That's my point. There's a lot of people. We have this bull market still going. It's buy is still at all-time highs. But there is this underlying other market right now where the growth names had a nice rally. Tesla, beautiful rally it had in March and April from those lows. It did not make a new high, though. And not that's even, concerning. Yeah, yep. Not even near. And it's moving lower off earnings. So what's the next catalyst? You know, I, I mean, we don't talk about analyst ratings that much at all anymore. I mean, yeah, someone comes out and makes a big call, but it's, you know, of course, we're in the earnings season here. But what's the catalyst? I mean, you got to we're through earnings. You got another quarter and the stuff that they said in there, you know, about, you know, we wish we had more Musk or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, I got a small, there's another one I'd like to sell too. 
I mean, how much more can you get out of these kind of things? And I just, wow. I mean, is this well, a guy had shoulders? To 3, 000, but, yeah. you know, she, she was right once. Is she going to be right again? She I might mean, be. Gil, was she right or was she lucky? You know, that's another thing to say, too. Gil Morales was saying on the show the other day. You know, absolutely, she's, you know, been an unbelievable performer in the last few years with the growth at any value strategy. I okay. just don't know if that works long term. Okay, so you've been looking at all these bad charts, and you're wondering, all right, well, let's look at some good charts. You can look at the industrial. We looked at this. The industrial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The transports, which are on a massive reasonable prices. You can look at maybe even some financials. Yeah. I mean, we, we are at all-time highs for a reason. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. reason we're at all-time highs is because there's other stuff doing well. Don't think that just because growth is – just because Dennis and Joel are terrified of their growth stocks right now doesn't mean that – you know, we have to go down because we're obviously not. Oh. Well, obviously, we've been strong. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. and the rotation continues to keep us up. So I'm, I'm, I haven't sold like a lot of my, like I didn't sell my new core. You know, I didn't sell a lot of names that I feel are reasonably priced. I haven't sold one share of Amazon. I haven't sure, sold one share, share of Apple. I haven't sure, sold one share of Microsoft. I haven't sold one share of Google. I haven't sold one share of my Qs. I haven't sold one share of my spies. I haven't sold 80% of my portfolio. Yeah. But. I don't have a lot of those little speculative names anymore. These, you know, names that were story was carrying and story was carrying it because you know what? Story carries stocks as long as the story stays hot. Once it starts to cool off, it's valuation that matters. And a lot of these just don't have that much, you know, they, they just don't have the valuation to support. You were these nervous prices. when you, like, I remember when you had um, that one time, you know, this was on the way up. You're like, and I don't know, I think it was your swing portfolio, and you're like, I hate every stock I have in here. Well, you everything know, was it, up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it unreasonable yeah. that you have 99. It's unreasonable you own 100 stocks and 98 of them are up. <laughs> it was just re- ridiculous. You know, that doesn't happen. It's not the case anymore. You know, and we are at all-time highs. So you're like, oh, well, maybe you're doing it wrong. You're in the wrong stocks. But, you know, you could be, if you swung all the value names, you could still have a portfolio that's, you know, doing well. If you're a momentum trader and you're always swinging to the momentum names, you know, it's a, it's a good style that works. You just got to be able to cut those losers when you're, you know, if you're just holding on and hoping the stock comes back. I mean, if you've got stocks like SPCE that you're sitting on that you bought at 40 and you're like, well, I can't sell it at 20. I mean, this is, you know, this is a name that doesn't necessarily have to come back. I mean, never a stock never has to do anything, but these are names that don't have value. I mean, it's pre-revenue. So it's a story stock and the story is ice cold, just like space. The story is ice cold. So does it get hot again? It might, but that chart, it, I mean, think about the rally that we've had in the last, you know, month in SPY, you know, where we've been straight up. SPCE has been down in that same time period. Relative strength is terrible. And that, it's a stock I loved. It's a stock that was great in 2000. I want to get uh, Marcus's thoughts on this. Uh, Marcus Hyde Carter from Rockwell Trading. Marcus, good morning, sir. It's been a couple of weeks. How you doing? Um, okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Marcus. Okay, sorry, I, I, I just somehow I, I managed to unplug the mic. So right now I'm coming through the internal mic. Sound might not be so great. Sorry not bad. <laughs> it's just so good. early for me. It's only about seven, seven thirty. Anyhow, yeah. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys talking about ugly charts that you didn't bring up. Right. <laughs> As, well, I mean, right, SPCE, right there, right? I mean, what, what we need to do here is we need to see some revenue at some point. So this is, as you know, my Achilles heel. We can talk about it. But, but, but I was also just looking at my account because it's, it's the end of the month, right? I mean, it's the last day of the month. It's an options expiration. So I, I was just uh, checking how I was doing uh, this, uh, this month. So thus far, I don't know, am I sharing my screen? Yes, I do. Okay. So thus far this month, uh, I'm up uh, nine and a half thousand approximately, and I have uh, let's see, what, what what do I have here? Uh, one, two, three uh, options that are expiring today. So I wanted to go through these really quick, and then uh, if if you're not bored to death talking about right, I can certainly do this. <laughs> Anyhow, so you uh, said it. This week for me was a super boring week, and here's why. I mean, we're looking at the at the S and P 500, and uh, this year is this week, right? I mean, I mean, I'm an option seller. I want to see premium, and and what do you need for premium? Well, number one, you need volatility. However, you spell volatility, 
volatility, something like this. Um, I mean, spelling is not required for making money with trading. Fortunately, otherwise this would be horrible for me. Uh, and uh, uh, secondly, what I like to see is, uh, I like to see some down days because if you're selling puts, and this is what I mainly do, I like to sell puts. Uh, if you're selling puts, they're best on a down day. And this is what has, hasn't happened this week. I, I mean, on Monday, uh, we just thought, okay, let's wait for the big event, the Fed meeting, right? So on Monday, nothing happening. On Tuesday, oh, let, let's still wait for the Fed meeting. Yeah, Tesla reported earnings, but hey, who cares about Tesla apparently anymore? They're making more money with their Bitcoin investment than they do making uh, selling cars. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is why I'm not surprised that this is going down. Anyhow, then Tuesday, nothing. Super, super boring the first two days. Then we have the third day. Wednesday comes along. We have the Fed meeting and... It's an event. As Powell says something, the market pops up, the market pops down, and then we're done. And then we thought, okay, maybe Biden starts moving the market, revealing his new uh, multi-trillion dollar plan. No, I mean, the market, open here, go lower, come back right up, and uh, this is where we are at. So uh, this week, uh, it wasn't that easy for me to find good trades to, to actually sell puts on. So what I did is I looked for some, some earnings plays here. And you talked about pins earlier. So pins, I actually sold a put. Uh, I sold the, uh, the 6250 put right on the day when they gapped down. So because I thought, oh, you know what? They already gapped down, what, 9% went down. Uh, this is approximately, what, 12% down. And I still have a 9% uh, buffer. So this is an option that expires tomorrow. Uh, let's just quickly see. Uh, you sold that before or after the report? After, uh, after, after it was going down. Yeah, yeah, because this is, uh, going back, when do you have volatility? You don't have volatility when a stock is going up, right? I mean, when the market is going up, the VIX is down. And the same here, implied volatility is down. But here, when the market, or when, not the market crashes, but when the stock is massively going down, suddenly you have put premiums. And this again, I'm selling put. This is when put premiums were pretty good. So this is a, a two-day trade. And uh, for a two-day trade, let's see, on pins, sold 16 at 25 cents. So, uh, I mean, not the, the most exciting, but let's see, uh, 16 times 25. So that's, uh, that's $400 on this one. Just want to write it down. And most probably, they expire worthless today. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, pre-market, they are right now sitting at 66.77. I believe that they're going down also because of Twitter. You said it; they're just super related. Uh, but as long as they stay above 62.50 today, I'm fine here. Uh, so an, another one uh, that uh, that I saw is Teladoc. So Teladoc, super interesting. Also, um, just uh, zoom in here a little bit. Yesterday they reported earnings, and uh, whatever they've said, I haven't even read the Market, can you bring the chart up? Yeah, I see. It. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so so Teladoc reported earnings really not too good. So yesterday they plummeted down eight percent, and this is when finally all premiums are going up. So uh, this is where I sold the uh, one sixty two fifty, and this is a, a one day trade basically. So let's see what I did there. Uh, this is super short trade. So I sold uh, six for sixty cents. Okay, so I can even do that math. Uh, that's $360, so we add this to the 9459 So we will see what they do today. Uh, where are they pre-market? Uh, let's just see. So pre-market, they are at uh, 169.93. Uh, we'll see. Yesterday, the 170 level held pretty good. So this is a super short-term trade because you said it. I mean, right now, the markets are, are kind of scary and spooky. Uh, another one that I did is AG, uh, which is basically uh, First Majestic Silver. It's mirroring the silver prices. And I, I was just looking at it and I saw that the, the 15 strike, uh, super solid here as support. Uh, so let's just see what I did there. Uh, so AG, I sold a few more. I sold uh, 67 for 13 cents. Okay, let's just see. Uh, what is this? 67 times 13. So I got a little bit more premium there. Uh, so that's 871. Uh, let's see where it stands. So it's not too exciting this week. Uh, if you take the 871, uh, then the 360 from the TDOC, and then what was it? Uh, 400 uh, from the from the pin. 
so this is for the week. Uh, oh, I should be able to do the math in my head and I plan for the life of me. Uh, does anybody? Probably always bucks. good at this is roughly. Oh, 402. Huh? Looks like 1600 bucks. Like six, okay, I, I like this, the, the roughly 1600 bucks. So you see this, where for this week, my goal is uh, per week to make uh, somewhere uh, around $4,000, but when there's nothing to trade, then there's nothing to trade. It um, is for me, for an option seller, super tricky uh, to sell options in a market where there's absolutely no volatility. And then the other thing is when I'm selling options, I do not like to sell ahead of earnings. Because you, you said it, this is where people are getting caught, right? I mean, this is where you get caught really badly, uh, whether it is Tesla or Apple. I mean, before earnings, volatility is always high. So it's very, very tempting to sell options. But then what happens? I mean, we, we had this week uh, big tech reporting. Google reported and uh, yay, they are up. Microsoft has said, said pretty much exactly the same thing. Hey, you know what? We blew it out of the water in the first quarter. We did really, really well. And look at this, Microsoft is selling off so you never know how they will react to earnings even when they are reporting good earnings the market can go down and hey Marcus, uh, can i ask you can i ask yeah. you about apple because i know yeah. you were working that trade and i knew i know you needed a rally in it and hey. uh you i was thinking about yeah i was cheering for you and you got it so do uh were you able you know because you talked about how it was moving against you what you were looking for how how did you handle how'd you handle that uh, scenario so apple, apple worked out really gay, great apple worked out uh, to be a four thousand eight hundred dollar trade okay good so, so, all the way out. so i mean as, as you can see thus far knock on wood thus far still everything in the green but this freaking right um <laughs> this is just, so what and this, and this, this is, is the concern this is where we talked about it the last time this is a, a short-term investment gone bad and a short-term investment gone bad becomes a long-term investment. It's almost like the house <laughs> that you're building triple D, right? I mean, you can't do anything right now. So this will become a very long-term investment because you're, you're building when all the building materials are up. So I'm, I'm working my way down here. So there, there's two approaches that I'm using to this. First of all, I got assigned at the 2150. So that's not good. I'm, I'm selling premium. I'm selling, uh, I'm buying more shares. So both of this. So I was able to bring my cost basis down to 1790 and uh, I sold a bunch of premium and uh, here we see it. So I sold around $8,509 in premium and I, I need to keep chipping away. So um, with this, uh, my actually break even. So my break even uh, is now, it's a do another $1.20. So it is at 1670. Uh, I mean, this is still far away from uh, the 1021, but that's almost like SPCE, you said it earlier. Until they start producing revenue, nothing's going to happen here. I, I'm, I'm just super, I, I got caught here with my pants down and uh, this is what it is. So this is where I need to wait until we see a pop uh, to 16. And in the meantime, I will sell premium uh, to keep working my break even down. So I hope that uh, by the end of May, that my break even is probably closer to uh, fourteen fifty and fifteen dollars, and I hope. That How are you selling? You're selling more puts. Yeah, no? I'm selling puts. Uh, so, so right now, I, I like to sell puts at the nine strike uh, because if you, if you look at this and uh, uh, just shorter term here, so it seems that uh, right now, oops, nine is a is a pretty solid level. So I sold a few there. Uh, this week I wasn't able to sell it at the at the nine, so I would get get assigned a few more. So what I did is originally I uh, got seven thousand shares uh, at twenty one fifty, and uh, now I'm flying rescue missions. And uh, so what I did earlier is that I uh, I sold puts, and this is when this support level was still holding, uh, which was what at around eleven. So I got. Uh, 3,000 more at, can't remember exactly if it was 11 or 13, I would have to look it up. And uh, so right now I, I'm selling another, um, Jesus, stop with the notification. I sold another uh, 30 options. So this would be another 3,000 shares uh, at nine. Uh, so th this would just bring my, my cost basis down if I'm getting a sign, uh, which hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, because I, I need to bring the cost basis down. If I'm selling more at nine, probably my, my cost basis goes to 15 and then I have the premium. This brings it down to 13. So at some point I, I need a, a little pop. I mean, this is just my my plan here. And I know that sometimes it sounds like I'm, I'm throwing 
good money off the bat, but what do you want to do? You said it earlier. If you if you bought SPCE at 40, you can't sell it at 20. Hey, if I bought well, I, I do. I, like I, I take, I'm in my styles is maybe a little different, but I take yeah. a lot of losers all the time. Um, you know, like I have losers every single day. It's just a matter of how you want to manage that risk and how you, you know, you, you do your risk management. Obviously, I just the only thing concerning for me is that you know it does sound like you're you know throwing good money after bad money. And what would happen if the stock continued to leak? I mean, and I, I talked to you about this when it was at 14. I mean, that's what concerns me is that just you get your exposure too high on one stock what if that one stock doesn't come back well uh, you see uh, it's, it's a fair question so this is why I, I wanted to show this here uh looking at these positions let me just uh, quickly see if i can bring up how much buying power this eats up yeah so yeah. see there's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cash account so i have five hundred thousand dollars in buying power my right position is just eating up like twenty one thousand dollars of my buying power here right so that is for, for me that is not bad at all so it is a position that i have here it is a position that right now uh would i love not to have it yes would i love to get rid of it yes but not at this price right now this is where I, I'm not in a rush. It doesn't really take away the ability for me to trade because I still have plenty of buying power that I can do whatever I want to do. I just have this, this what dead soldier uh, sitting around here. We talked about it. It's uh, the lazy boyfriend sitting on the couch uh, watching Xbox. <laughs> I love your analogies. Day instead of going out, getting a job and earning some money. <laughs> I love Marcus's analogies. <laughs> All right, that's one way to do uh, risk management. There's a million other ways. Um, uh, Marcus Heikotter, yeah, it, it works for I'm you. I'm saying that this is the best way. It that's is my matters. way. Everybody has a different plan. Exactly. Right? It works for yeah. you. It works for you. That's, uh, to learn more, see more videos from Marcus, go to rockwelltrading.com slash Benzinga. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us. As always, have a good weekend. All right. You too. See you next week. Thanks, thanks Marcus. Marcus. All right. Um, just a uh, programming note, uh, no Jason Rasnick today. He just texted me. He said he had something come up. So, uh, oh. yeah, unfortunate, but we had Jason on the show, uh, yesterday dropping a bomb on us. So that's fine. That's, right. that's, that's, that's enough Jason for one week. Um, okay. Uh, is there any stock that had earnings that, uh, that is up? Uh, I think Western Didge, it might be like the only one. Western Didge. I reported that was a good one. That is having a good day today. Leaking. Yeah. It's leaking, sure, but at least it's up. Everything else is pretty much down. Uh, Western Digital uh, EPS came in well above the estimate, a dollar and two cents versus a sixty-eight cent estimate. Revenue four point one versus three point nine seven billion dollars. Q four, or so their their fiscal Q four uh, EPS guidance also well above the estimate. The Q four sales right. guidance well above the estimate. So just a beat across the board. For Western wow. Digital, make more chips, please. Yeah, we need it. We've had we've made the easy money in Western Digital. I mean, I didn't, but whoever has been long, you tried stock, to talk me into it. I was you in tried. it a couple of times in in the thirties, and then in, and I actually was. I I think I had it from thirty five to like forty five, and then I kept thinking you know the fifty resistance, and obviously it's torn through that. But I mean, you know. It's went from 30 to 73. It's been a good move for Western Digital. Is it going to eventually move to 100? Maybe. Maybe it eventually gets back there. I mean, it's been, you know, the chip kind of market that, you know, a lot of chips have come back substantially here. And it's a nice quarter. But it is concerning, Joel, that it's now leaking as well. I mean, just nothing. You, uh, we, we never really know how the earnings season is going until this week because this is yeah. the big week where the big guns report. You know, the banks, whatever. It's really those big mega cap stocks that are 30% of the overall, you know, market here, at least on the queues. I mean, that's yeah. really what tells us. And so far, not that good. I mean, the, the earnings were fantastic, but the I response know. to the earnings has been lackluster. Microsoft, I mean. I mean. Yeah, Microsoft did a good report and they hammered that. And they continue to hit it. I'm long it. Apple, they, um, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, it blew it away. $90 billion buyback, said everything they needed to say. The stock's going down. Amazon's been leaking, 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 you know, all the entire session. Google blew it away. It's held on okay. The only yep. one maybe. But, you know, and Facebook was good too. Facebook was excellent as well. And they've held on too. But I just can't be chasing stocks when they're gapping up 10, 15%. And I just don't, I, I don't know why. I'm just concerned. That rotation keeps us up. Rotation keeps us up. But this response to these earnings has not been great. 
So I'm not buying Western Digital up three, four, five bucks on a good report here because there's been too many stocks that had good reports and went down on them. So I'm not chasing Western Digital. Uh, speaking of chips, uh, Tommy Verse asking about Neo. I mean, this sort of fits into that growth theme, but also they were like, hey, by the way, same story for us as everyone else. We can't make as many cars as we want because there are no chips to go around. Uh, that was that was the biggest takeaway from uh, from from the report yesterday. Neil looks to me like that chart that I was showing on the queues back in in two thousand. You know, it looks like the bubble has burst in Neo, and now it's in consolidation. You have traders that are you know trying to grind it higher and hoping, okay, yeah, we're stabilized and we're going to eventually start going higher. I I believe Neo eventually takes out the lows of the move and eventually starts to retrace a lot of this move that we had back from 2000 when the stock went from $5 to $35. I mean, what do you want? I mean, the stock had an incredible move. This was 3 bucks a year ago. It went to $65. It went up 2,000%. So you can look, it appears to be cheap at $37.41. It is not. It is not cheap. It is still up 1,000% from where it was one year ago. If it retraced half of this, there's still a lot of people. The people who bought it three, five dollars are still laughing, even if this thing goes to twenty. So I just think there's a lot of bag holders here now. I don't think the easy money is there. I don't think Neo's going to like three hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or one hundred dollars. I don't think it's getting back to sixty dollars. I think the path of least resistance for a lot of these growth names is actually still lower. And you know, yeah, people are gonna say, you know, that, they never you know, sold yeah, that many. Back, but... They never sold that many cars in the first place. Well, what's the multiple on this? Thing? Where I, I is mean, the valuation? I don't know. Where is, is does it does it make money? Does Neo even make money? I, I don't know. I doubt it. But I'll tell you, this pattern here is you know you had that major low, you had to rally, and then you gave it back, and then you had to rally off there, and you gave it back, and then you had yet another rally, and you're now giving it back. It just looks like many headed shoulders off many headed shoulders. You know, just. I don't know. I don't know. It's got a market cap still, Joel, of $62 billion. Is that bigger than Ford? Oh, yeah. Way bigger than Ford. Way bigger than Ford. Not not like way, way bigger, but but yeah, it's bigger. Uh, They're not profitable. Ford's market cap is $49 billion. So, yeah, it's worth more than Ford. I mean... Not 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 profitable. It was a sexy story. We traded this stock. It was awesome. But it is just a storied stock with a ridiculous valuation. I don't think it ever grows into that valuation. I'm you sorry. You got to recognize the when both. the story's over. It's over. I, I think so. I think the, the EV story that we're going to have a thousand EV makers and we're all going to have ten EVs because that's what you needed to happen for all these EVs to go up. There's going to be some winners. We know Tesla's probably going to be the winner. That's why it's hard to be bearish the, the best one of the group. But all these other ones, even the Neo XPEV, I mean, there's a reason that XPEV is not participating in the recent rally. It hasn't participated at all. It's sitting near, it's not even that far off of the March lows. I mean, we have substantially climbed really? on the S&P, substantially cool. climbed wow. on the Qs, substantially climbed on a lot of stocks. Well, 10, 15, 20% of the indexes since the March lows on the Qs we are. And then you got Neo that's sitting here, and it's the same spot it was back in March. Or you have XPEV. These stocks are are underperforming the overall market for a reason, and that's because their valuations are crazy. Valuation matters when the story goes ice cold, and that's the problem with all these stocks. I don't want to own any of these. Uh, let's do some. No, actually, before we do take our time, good question from KGR. Let's look at the imbalances real quick. Uh, they're, they're mostly to the south side. They're not that big. Um, I do see Ford 595,000 shares to buy. The reason for that is Jim Cramer last night was giving it love on mad money, big time love. Um, they're, they're pretty small general electric hundred thousand. So they're small. They're so small. It's hardly even influential okay. here. Let's so do, they're, they're small to the south side. Let's do some ticker time. And hey, while, hey, ticker time. while we're doing that. Drop us a like if you could. And then after that, we do have a, a quick announcement as far as uh, afternoon programming today. Uh, but drop your tickers in the chat. Drop us a like while you're at it, and we will spend the next few minutes doing that. I wanted to cover MVIS real fast. I saw someone just mention it. Uh, this one, speaking of silliness, uh, you, you could have tripled your money in a, in, a, in a week and a half, and it's given almost all of it back here. This is just a stupid. They had earnings, but who cares? This is stupid. They have $500,000 in revenue, Joel. $500,000 in revenue. It's got, it had a market cap yesterday when it closed of $3.2 billion. 
what in the hell are world are we in? Is MBIS. MBIS. Yeah. I'm getting it. Microvision. Not 500 million in revenue. Oh. Not 500 billion, obviously, in revenue. No, no, not 500 million in revenue. 500,000. That's like a small business. 500,000 in revenue. You know, like, that's like, you know, like buddies, like, like, uh, you know, building, you know, business. It's like a restaurant, you know, a, a nice sized restaurant. 3.2 billion. What are you buying? I, I mean, no maybe there's idea. some growth potential here, but we got to give some perspective. This stock back in April was 20 cents. That, and, and if we go back further than that, I mean, this stock forever, you know, has just been hanging around the pennies. It gets Reddit. It gets hot, hot Reddit yeah, name. That was it. And, you know, they're pumping it and it takes off. But did it may, ever make any sense? Like, does it make sense to maybe the revenue growth going to be there? I know we're talking, you know, this is going to be a growth company and it's going to eventually grow into that. But holy macro, we got to just have some perspective here. Ten bucks. Like well, ten bucks. That's your support. That's your support. It's giving it all back in three days. Two for Bag one. Holders all over. Bag holders Tuesday. all over the place in this now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's hard to fathom the 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 what the the valuations that people pay for stuff. Like nobody, because nobody, ninety nine percent of the traders out there aren't doing any homework. They're just going on flow. They're going on momentum. They're going on. Okay, it's story. It's going. I mean. Just got to be careful that you don't get stuck in these. You can trade anything. If you're making money trading this stuff, by all means, continue to do it. But if you're sticking MVIS, Microvision, your long-term investment account, your retirement account, saying, well, eventually it's going to grow into that valuation, it's got a lot of growing to do to get to be worth a $3 billion company in reality, you know, long-term to justify a $3 billion valuation. Crazy, man. All right, easy market. Pickers from the chat. Someone asked about uh, uh, Jake asked about 3M. I don't even remember if we covered this three days ago. It had earnings. It's looking like it it, it gapped down, but it's looking like it's filling that gap from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice rebound. Oh, yesterday that was. Well, let's see. That's 200. Where did it get to yesterday? That's a nice rebound. Uh, 99.41. The gap was 99.68. Uh, I call that a gap fill today. Let's make sure this thing gets. Takes that out, gets back over 200, works into this bar. But uh, nice pop, bail people out on this one. But once again, this is, hasn't been like a super crazy performer. It's still way off its old-time high. So this one's probably, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly, but it's probably relatively cheap, right? It's compared to some of these, they actually sell tape and glue and things like that. Well, that's so- it. I mean, we've turned into a value market. Christian Fromhertz just tweeting at me, you know, saying he agrees with the commentary and Christian's bullish Dow Jones components. You know, he's looking at that. And um, if, you know, I don't, I don't want to just retweet everything he was just saying to me, but, um, you know, Christian's smart and, you know, he's identifying too that he thinks growth is going to continue to underperform value. There's a main reason for that is that the gap just got so wide. You got some value stocks that were trading with P's like four or five. And then you got, you know, stuff that's trading 50 times sales. It's like, what? We're in two different worlds here. That gap has closed a little bit. But, you know, really, when you look at the perspective of value versus growth, we had 10 years of outperforming growth here where value, who wants value? We don't need, you know, stocks that aren't growing. We want growth at any cost. Buy growth. I mean, so the, the gap between growth stocks and value stocks went from, you know, like in back in, in maybe 2007, 2008, we came back a little bit to parity. Obviously, we had a lot of bankruptcies and we had a lot of stuff going through the financial crisis. But then growth just the last decade has just continued to gap, 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 gap. A decade of growth under outperforming value. We get these little blips up like this and then it just continues to go. And it grew to like this back when we got to the beginning of this year, 2021. Well, you know what? 2021 has been the year of the value. And now the gap has went to like here. But there's a lot of room here still. And I think that's what Christian's trying to say too. There's a lot of room for value to still catch up. And if we decide that we want to be more than a three-month value rally, some of these value names could continue for a long time. And that's the point I'm trying to make too. It's not to sell all your stocks and we're having pending doom. It's to be careful that you're not all in these growth names at ridiculous valuations because this market actually does care to a certain extent about valuation. It's starting to care anyways. And some of these value names, might have a long ways to go up still. And some of these growth names might have a long ways to go down still to try to fill that gap just a little bit. We could uh, we got a value outperforming for the next year and we'd still have a gap. The gap is so bloody wide. 
So it's, you know, it's borderline craziness, the, the valuations we were paying for some of these growth names and borderline craziness, how low some of these value names were trading at. I mean, Cleveland Cliffs, you know, it's was, it was trading at a P of three, four. I mean, and, and obviously it's come up substantially since then, but it, it's unbelievable, you know, that, you know, the, the gap, the, how wide the gap got. And it hasn't filled much at all yet. So that value could continue to outperform. Uh, uh, um, God, I something I wanted to add to that. Jeez, I just uh, forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, it's it hasn't been. A, it's been more like a by now, like a seven or eight month value market. Dennis, sure, we could give it that, but the growth. It's not really though, Spencer, because we had this going on at the end of the year. Everything was going up. Yeah. So I'm talking about the difference between value and growth. Value names have been rallying for six, seven months, but growth names were originally rallying with them too. So you still have that gap there. But now in the last couple of months, you've seen growth come in and value still. So it's trying to close that gap a little bit. We just had everything rallying in the first three months. So it's really in the last couple of months where the gap, I'm talking about the difference between valuation between growth and value is starting to close just a little bit. So yeah. I think it's only been a couple of months where you had everything just rallying. So the whole thing was moving up before rising tide lifting all ships. So I think it's stock selection here now. And I think you have to be buying growth if you're buying growth at a reasonable price, not at any cost. Okay, let's do a couple more here. I want to get your thoughts on U.S. Steel. This one is interesting. This is not uh, This is not growth. Uh, and it had a big run. It is down this morning on their earnings report. This chart, look, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. I, I want Joel's thoughts on, on U.S. Steel. Uh, clear support here. Uh, just under 21. We haven't, we haven't traded there yet. Actually a little bit here at 2160, but this is your area right here. Uh, the low 21, 21, just below 21. So that's what you're looking for today. You want to see it come in there and hold and turn back up. Uh, this one has been a lot weaker than the new core and some of these other ones. For some reason, this has been the, the weak link uh, of uh, some of the oil stocks. So that's what I would uh, that's what I look for in X today. And then I saw someone mention Disney. Disneyland is finally opening today. So I guess uh, I guess that's something. But uh, we know Disney World has been open in Florida, but Disneyland in California is finally Finally, be opening today. I haven't looked at Disney uh, along this one forever. I don't look at the chart very often, so don't know what it's doing. But um, just saw that headline this morning. Uh, if we get past COVID, Disney's going to be over a two hundred dollars stock. Yeah. If we have some hiccups, I think you got to be concerned. It's been driven by Disney Plus. Disney Plus is an awesome service, um, rightfully so that they've given it. You know, it's just where, what does Disney? What do the parks look like? They might look awesome. I kind of like the pullback on Disney. Um, if you do believe we're getting by COVID, but the wild card is still COVID. We're not past it yet. Uh, uh, it's trading down buck 21, kind of matching rate. You got an area though, with, that looks pretty good here. Uh, look at the lows for the last two sessions. That's really what you need to see. Uh, 82, 75, 82, 82, another low at 83 and a quarter. So there's your area of support. You're, if you're buying it here, you're risking, a buck twenty down to there, and then on the upside, wow, things are just kind of bunching up. At uh, let's call it one eighty five, sixty three and a half. Um, three of your last four highs are right there, right in that area. So quiet, matching ranges. See if it can break out of the top or take out that one eighty three support. All right, it is nine oh five. Before I let you guys go, Joel, yes, do do you want to talk about what we're doing later today? Uh, we're gonna have some fun uh, after the uh, after the show. Uh, we're gonna do some derby analysis. I got my article ready to go. I've done my homework, and uh, I'm gonna try and you know explain the intricacies a little bit more. Give you something a little bit more to look look at the race and see what happens. A twenty horse field. It's gonna be a stampede. And uh, we're going to do that. And uh, we got we got a special treat for you. We got a little contest at the beginning. And uh, we got some clips. And Spencer, Spencer's a good uh, – he's a big sports guy too. So he's going to help me out with it. We're going to do that at 4 p.m. Yep. Eastern Standard. Yep. And we also may or may not have a special guest. I'm not going to say who, but we're working on getting – an A-list guest on for a call. We're working on it. Working on it. Not going to say who. You'll have to tune in to find out if we were able to book it or if we weren't. But that'll be at 4 o'clock today. So uh, excited for that. We got some people asking about the Derby Talk. So we, normally Joel gives a five-minute thing. Uh, we said, eh, let's just go for like a, 
a longer thing today. So, okay, that'll be at, that'll be uh, at the close. Uh, oh, I got my derby. Did you guys see my shirt today? I got my uh, American Pharaoh shirt on. Uh, 2016. Who's your pick? No, you gotta tune in, man. Tune in, dude. Four o'clock. Okay, okay. He's not gonna give away the the secret sauce now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll be there with my DraftKings open, my MGM bets open, and I will be definitely listening to get my research done for this weekend. You guys are going to see what Lisa has to put up through during an actual race. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, Okay. Uh, Guys, uh, this show, like all of our shows, is always available as a podcast on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. Please remember all the information from our show, from every show, is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Please go ahead, if you haven't already, and give us a like on YouTube. We're not even at 500 yet. Oh, God. Bad day on the like front, everyone. Bad day on the like front. Uh, Only about one-third of live viewers have liked the show. That's not going to cut it here. Maybe that's just the way it is. Maybe people just don't like us. I think it's me. Maybe I, they don't like me. <laughs> I think there's a I think there's a good group that that doesn't like you and that doesn't like me. Yeah, that's and true. Everyone oh, that's true. everyone loves Spencer. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, like everybody yeah. loves Raymond. Everybody loves you know what, yes. you know what you should see some of the emails that that Jason's gotten about not just the three of us but everybody on the stream. People have a lot yeah. of opinions about everybody on the stream. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Maybe I've seen really? some of those emails before. You think we, we got some weird <laughs> emails, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Send me those puppies. Uh, or do um, I get them and not look at them? I don't know either. <laughs> no, you don't get them because they go straight to Jason. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we got some strange emails. We got scolded yesterday, so that's another day. <laughs> All right, I'm going. <laughs> another me too. Bye, Dennis. Bye. Uh, See everyone at three thirty. Uh, Four o'clock Derby Show. Go we'll get them, Spencer. For the Derby Show. Thanks a lot. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.